Welcome everybody back. It is from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well out there. We got a bunch to cover on this week's show. Got some NFL, got some NBA talk about the finals. We had game number four last night. Talk a little bit about that. Talk some college football. So it's going to be a fun one. As always, we're sponsored by Anchor, the best way to make a podcast and put your podcast out there. We're sponsored by them. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor or SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Be sure to go subscribe. Keep up with us there. Keep up with the latest action coming from us. And also check out the entertainment channel on all those platforms as well. I might be doing an entertainment episode after I get done with this views episode. So be on the lookout for those. But anyway, let's get on into this week's view show. And let's start off with the National Basketball Association with game number four last night with the Los Angeles Lakers and the Miami Heat coming off a of game three in which the Miami Heat really needed no no Bam Adebayo, no Goran Dragic, come back, win game number three with a really epic performance from Jimmy Butler with a 40-point triple-double. Yeah, he was the first person that wasn't LeBron's teammate or on the other team to outscore him out of system and out rebound him. So an epic performance from Jimmy Butler coming in game number three, leading to game number four, which he had bam. He decided he was good enough to go, came back and played. And actually played pretty well. And you had Dragic who tried to give it a go, but uh, obviously didn't. Dragic earned the respect that I think of a lot of people. And you know, that's one thing I like about this bubble is that it's given people the chance to see guys like Jokic or guys like Dragic. Uh, Dragic is one of the most underrated players in this league. He's He's been really good. He's really good. He might not be like your all-star, like, oh, like flashy type of guy, but the guy gets it done, and uh, he's pretty good. And obviously not him playing in these few games in the finals here, not, not good for the Heat, so they'll have to, they have to find production elsewhere. But you had game number four last night. Uh, LeBron, he didn't really get going until the second half. AD, uh, game three, rough one. Game four, I, he, didn't, he didn't do a whole lot in this one. But on the defensive side, he did a whole long day. And he, he took a lot of the uh, – I noticed it early on that he went guarded Jimmy really early. So – there's that matchup there. Uh, Jimmy, speaking of Jimmy, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. But the Lakers, they end up moving one game closer to their next title. I believe this next title would pass the Celtics for a total championship. So I think 17th is the right number. So their one went away from moving uh, from moving on to get, getting their 17th championship. On Friday night with game number five. And, yeah, let, let's talk about, you know, with game number five on Friday. It's probably looking like the Lakers are probably going to win. Let's talk about the legacies that are going to be talked about the most, I think, going forward. Let's start off with the Heat before beforehand. Before we talk about the whole LeBron AD stuff. Uh 
went with as far as their legacies are concerned. With the Heat, I mean, listen, <laughs> Jimmy Butler, you, you got you guys you guys know his story. And he goes out, he does this through the whole playoffs, and here he and here he is in the finals. He's putting up 40 point triple doubles. He almost had a triple double last night in the game. And I know during the broadcast that Mark Jackson, Jeff and Gunny, Breen, they were all talking about Bam and like they were mentioning like Bam was the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals. And he was, but Jimmy is the most impactful on that culture. I know me and Charles have probably talked about this, is that he's so impactful on that culture there, and he found his right fit there in Miami. And so now with the level play that you're seeing from him, this could really elevate him and what people think about him and his career. Now, of course, you had his stops in Philly, in Minnesota, and you were wondering if, if this was Jimmy, if this was him, or if, you know, this was, you know, Philly or Minnesota, the people there, the players there, the organization. And it looks like it was the latter. And now you're seeing Jimmy Butler performing awesome in the finals. And dude's just a gamer. And speaking of gamers, let's talk about the 20-year-old kid, Tyler Harrow. Dude is fearless. <laughs> he, he He's really fearless. He, like He's the second best scoring option on a finals team, essentially. If you look at it, Jimmy's number one. And he's probably number two. And he's not shied away at all from the pressure. He's not crumbled at all. He's taking the challenge. And sure, yeah, he might be taking some hits on the chin, but he's embracing it. He, he doesn't care. He, he's fearless. He's going right at these guys. And so my props to Tyler Harrow for coming to a finals game, the youngest player to start in a finals game and just be able to do all what he's doing at this age in really high key pressure situations. Like, let me go. I'm going to try to find Tyler Harrell's stats, but like he, I believe he's made the most three pointers like in, in the finals for a guy this young. So like, he's been really good. <laughs> like, so he's the youngest player to start in the finals. Most threes by rookie in the playoffs ever. Most threes by a rookie in the finals ever. He's a sixth rookie with 300-plus playoff points. And he's tied for most consecutive double-digit scoring playoff games by a rookie. That's just what he's done in the playoffs so far. And he's only 20 years old, and he's only going to get better. He really is. And so props to him for becoming, for getting, for being the player that he is. Dude's straight-up fearless. But uh, Bam, you know, he's going to come back better next year. He's really made a mark on what his career is going to look like going forward as a guy that can handle the ball, be a point center, essentially. So it's, it's going to be really exciting to see especially those two young guys and their career going forward. But Jimmy Butler, this really helps out with his legacy as far as he's concerned. They might not win the thing, but it's definitely going to, I think, improve some people's thoughts on Jimmy Butler. It's definitely improved some of my thoughts on him as a player. Now let's talk about the Lakers. So the Lakers, really their role players are really coming to play in, in these games. Caldwell Pope, really nice stat line last night. Caruso has made big plays. Danny Green has made the occasional shot every now and then in this series. Kyle Kuzma has played pretty well. 
you haven't really seen a whole lot of Dwight and JaVale. Rondo, just his impact, not even without not even scoring. Look at last night. But uh the legacies that we want to talk about are probably LeBron and A D. And A D besides really game number three and game four, like it wasn't pretty for him either, but like he was impactful on the defensive end, altering shots, all that stuff. The twenty-two points, nine rebounds. He wasn't good early on, and neither was LeBron, but like Looking at him, four blocks. I mean, he, he altered so many shots. I remember, like, he altered Harrow's shot. Uh, his Harrow was going for a layup, and he really missed it. And that was due to the fact because AD's a world-class shot blocker in the NBA. And so now you see him and how he's performing in the NBA Finals. I believe, like, he's shooting 100% from the free throw line. Like, I know people could care less about that, but that's a huge step because he's going to the line. And he's making every free throw count. He's not leaving anything off the floor there. He's not leaving any points off the board. He's getting it all done at the free throw line. And he's making his presence known. And he's been really good in the finals. And going back to me and Charles kind of previewing the finals last week and last week's show. I think I, I thought AD was the X factor here. I thought the Lakers were going to close this out pretty easily. I predicted Lakers in six, and I thought we were going to get a hard-fought series. I think we are even in five games, it seems like. Even the Lakers had to get AD that was going to be out there and going off on the heat. There's a size mismatch there with AD. Bam was out there, and with Bam, when Bam was hurt, really you had Crowder and Iguodala, and you had some of these guys, yeah, they were a little bit smaller, and maybe you can – do some off-the-ball stuff with them. But really, they really had no size to contest with AD. You, you threw out Alenica there, out there, but Alenica's not going to do anything with AD. Leonard, not anything as well. So the Lakers needed AD to come out and show why LeBron really wanted him to come to L.A. last season. And he's shown it right now. With how he's performed in the finals, not bad for your first finals, if I if you say so, if I say so myself. And so, for his legacy going forward, because I think we all we all know that this is going to be AD's team going forward until like the next five ten years. Like LeBron's not going to play forever, even though it seems like to a lot of us like he he's going to play until he's like fifty or something. But you know. Le- LeBron's not going to be there forever, so this is going to be AD's team going forward. And getting a chip here when he w- when he's probably been the most impactful player on the court, despite LeBron having having an awesome second half last night, awesome couple, awesome few games here in the finals. AD was an X factor, and he and he's getting it done. He he's showing that the lights aren't too bright for him. He, he's performing well and. So, this is really big going forward for AD's legacy. And let's talk about the other guy. Number 23, LeBron. This this is huge for him. Getting a fourth title. Bringing when the NBA's, probably the NBA's most prominent franchise back to glory. Getting them a championship in a tough season where, like, you didn't know what the crap was going to go on with the pandemic going into a bubble, living in a bubble for a couple months, which 
By the way, shout out to Westbrook for leaving a tip there for the housekeepers. Really good stuff. We might hear more stuff like that soon, maybe. But you live in a bubble for a couple months. This is a tough championship to really win. You got to be really geared up physically, mentally. And to see him, you know, he's had a couple off games where he hasn't looked like himself. In game four, he had a nice stat line. Or game game three, rather. He had a nice stat line, but he had eight turnovers. And for LeBron, you know, that's not going to cut it. But getting a fourth title, winning it in the purple and gold, bringing the Lakers back to glory, bringing them back to the center of the NBA world here, winning their 17th, 17th title with the Celtics maybe possibly trailing by one. This is really huge for LeBron's legacy. And obviously, the GOAT argument is going to be talked about again. Talked about, you know, him versus Jordan. What does this mean for his legacy? And a fourth championship do- does help. You know, you go to 10 finals, obviously getting ceiling uh, one here actually helps. Getting a fourth ring is not going to hurt. I do think that Jordan documentary maybe swayed a little bit more people over back to the Jordan side. I think it kind of did with me, but it, but I think the one thing we can say about LeBron is we don't need to take him for granted. We need to appreciate him while he's here because there's going to be a time where he's not going to be in this league anymore. And so I think we need to appreciate him while he's still here. He's just putting in awesome performance after awesome performance, even though he might have a game where he has eight turnovers and that's not good for him. But anyway, getting a fourth title here is huge and maybe the toughest season to win a championship in the toughest conditions that he could. And to win a title like this, where, like, again, it's really AD that's really doing a whole lot of the work, I think. I mean, yeah, LeBron's putting up triple doubles, but AD is a guy that's impacting the game in different ways, impacting it on the defense side of the ball. LeBron's still a good defender, and he'll take it upon himself to shut down a team-style player like he did Jamal Murray with the Nuggets. But AD has that impact on defense more so now than LeBron does, where AD can alter shots. He can block shots. He can do all that stuff, where he might be the biggest guy on the court, especially in a matchup like this, where Bama's like 6'9", 6'10", and they're throwing out Olenek, they're throwing out Crowder, Jimmy, Iguodala out on him. And we're like, he, you know, he's just taking advantage. So, with LeBron, getting this fourth title is huge. And getting it for the Lakers is really important as well for them. And I know Laker Nation will be happy with them. So, as far as the NBA is concerned, let's close it off. You know, Doc Rivers... Of course, a team that thought they were going to be in the finals, a coach that thought he was going to be in the finals with the Clippers. He's now on to Philly. It seemed like it was a pretty, really easy process to go through for Doc. So now he's there coaching in Philly. I'm really excited to see what he brings to that 76er culture. I wonder uh, how is he going to handle Ben? How is he going to handle Embiid? If, you know, he's going to get those players you know, right if he's going to get that culture in a good mindset to where, like, they can 
really make some, uh, make an interesting run in the East going forward and maybe not trying to blow any 3-1 leads, right, Doc? But uh, I, a good hire by the 76ers right there. There, uh, Other openings are being looked at right now. Indiana, Houston, Clippers. I haven't heard, even heard anything on the New Orleans job. But anyway, those jobs are being looked at and being filled. But Doc, he's going to Philly. I'd like it. I'd like the move, and maybe he can bring a uh, different mindset there compared to you know what Burt Brown had over there. There were rumblings that you know the environment wasn't exactly well off, or that the players pretty much did what they want. Maybe Doc can uh, change some of that going forward, and maybe that's what guys like Simmons and Embiid, Harris, maybe that's what those guys need to help out going forward. Maybe make a run here, you know, that maybe try to challenge. Milwaukee or somebody, Boston, trying to challenge some of those teams. So that's where we're going to end up with the NBA. And let's talk about the NFL. And let's talk about some of the news that's dropped this morning with more players testing positive. Of course, we came out of this weekend. The Times players, you had more players test positive. It seemed like every day last week, and you were just awaiting the news. And then you get the news on Saturday or Friday or Friday. Uh, Really, the weekend was a blur, guys. Cam Noon, he tests positive. Obviously, that puts the Patriots and Chiefs game in jeopardy. Jordan Tayamu, the Chiefs practice squad quarterback, he tests positive. They uh, all the tests come back negative for all the other teams. He had a Saints player, I think it was Michael Burton, the Saints fullback, who. Tessa positive, and they were worried about the Saints-Lions game, if that was going to be in jeopardy. But, you know, you had already the, the Titans-Steelers game being moved to week number seven, whether that was going to, you know, change another game. Turns out it was a false positive. That game goes on. Chiefs-Patriots game goes on on Monday. And I, that was obviously a fun, weird little change, I think, having a CBS game with the CBS crew on Monday night leading into the Packers-Falcons game. I mean, let's be honest. We, we, we couldn't care less about the Packers-Falcons Monday night game. We already knew what was going to happen. But, you know, the Chiefs win in pretty good fashion. And now you get the news here that another Patriots player has tested positive and Stephon Gilmore. Obviously, that's a huge one for the Patriots and their defense as sort, as sort of the guy who's really the cornerstone of that defense right now. Shut down the corner guy that's considered one of the best defensive players in the league. So now he's tested positive. You had a Las Vegas Raider test positive. I haven't heard who it is yet. I don't think they've released the name yet. But obviously you had stuff going on with the Raiders and you had an event going on where people weren't wearing their mask and you had players getting fined left and right. And now, you know, there's a couple good days for the Titans. There were no positives and it seemed like, okay, Maybe they've, they've gotten their way through this. Maybe they've gotten their way through the incubation period of this virus and that they can get back to the practice facility within the next day or two and start prepping for the Bills on Sunday. Well, now two other players have tested positive today, and now that really puts the Titans-Bills game in jeopardy. And how that's handled, I don't know. Whether it's going to be canceled or forfeited. I don't know. Bills players are talking about that. They 
one of the problems with rescheduling that game is that the Bills have a short week next week. They got to go play Kansas City next Thursday night. So, obviously, you can't do anything with that. So, you're going to have to look at other ways and maybe see if you can reschedule that game. If not, you may have to cancel it. You may have to forfeit it. And those may be your only two options going forward with that game. As much as I would like to see that game being played, look at past times Bills games. They've all been really close. But, you know, it, if those are the only two options, you, you may have to go with one of them, to be honest. You may have to. You may not be presented a choice, another one, to, you know, divert from those two other choices. So, not looking good here for the Titans and Bills game to be played. Might be without Titans football for two straight weeks. Uh, on the bright side, it will get some of those players healthy like A.J. Adoree. But on the other hand, you just hate to see, you know, two more positive tests come out. And I know the NFL is doing their whole investigation into whether, you know, the Titans actually did follow protocols and, you know, whether they were, they had unsanctioned workouts outside the practice facility, in which case the NFL has said you can't do that. And so now the Titans may be hit going forward. They might be made an example of like, hey, here's what happens if you don't go through with the protocols. You're going to get fined severely, and you're going to lose a draft pick. What draft pick will it be? We won't know until, like, the NFL decides, like, hey, yeah, you, you guys didn't follow protocol, and we're going we're gonna to stamp you out, and we're going to make you lose a draft pick. We're going to take away a draft pick. You know, it could be first, second, or third. I really hope it's not the first, but, uh, you know, that's not up to me. That's up to the NFL, and obviously their investigation is – Still ongoing, so we'll st we're still waiting to see what comes out of it, whether that indeed did happen. If it did happen, there's no explanation for it, for the Titans players to do that. And it, you, you know the protocols. You, you know what's going on in this pandemic. You, you, you don't need to do that, and plus it could risk your team getting handed down huge fines Losing a draft pick, which could be really helpful going to next year, considering you don't know the cap situation. You really don't know who you're going to bring back next year because you have some guys on contract years, like Jayon Brown, like Johnu Smith. You got, a, you got a couple others. Corey Davis, if he does well this year, and you want to decide to bring him back. Clowney, if you want to try to bring it back and give another go this next year. So... Yeah, not a, not a good, not really a good week and a half for the Titans here. And so you just got to hope, you know, if the investigation does prove fruitful that this did happen. I, I hate to say this, but like you, you, you got to do what you got to do if you're the NFL. You, you have to. I may not like it. I was like, oh, you, the NFL, you make an example out of us. But if they do find out, like, Hey, this stuff did happen. You gotta do it. You gotta hand down fines. You gotta hand. You gotta say, "Hey, you're gonna lose a draft pick for this." And you know, you're obviously seeing the NFL. They're changing their protocols, so we don't even know if like the Titans were outside of what they were doing. You know, with the news of the patient with Stephon Gilmore being tested positive, with a Raiders player testing positive, I and mean, what's happened with them, their some of their players getting fined. It's not, you know, 
100% guaranteed that the NFL's protocols uh, guarantee protection or, uh, you know, whatever kind of protection you want to define as from this virus. And maybe perhaps the Titans didn't deserve really the finger pointing that, you know, they've gotten really these last few days. But uh, we still don't know because the investigation is still ongoing. We still got to find out more find out if that did happen and move on going forward. So really tough day, really tough morning to start out with the NFL and seeing all this news come out. Well, let's talk about some of the games this weekend, guys. Let's move on to talking about some some of the games. This will be happy. Well, for some people will be happy for some. It'll be torture. I'm looking at you Falcons fans. You've had a really rough first four weeks of the season with all those 28 and, uh, 28 and 3 jokes coming back. Tough, uh, tough four weeks for the Falcons. Tough month really to start out. So let's move on and talk about some basketball. Uh, still got basketball on the mind. Let's talk about some NFL football in week number four. And obviously we had the Thursday night game. I mean... <laughs> What, else, what what do you guys want me to say about it? It's Broncos and Jets. <laughs> I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, Broncos win there. <laughs> Broncos get the win there. Bengals. Let, let's talk about Joey Burrow getting his first NFL win over the Jaguars, and he's and he's and Joey Joe Burrow's looking really good here. Had back to back three hundred yard games. He's looking really good, and I think he, he, you know, for the Bengals, obviously this year is going to be a year in which you know you're probably not going to get a lot of wins. So you got to find the positives here in Joe Burrow. You got to find the positives with him, and he so far he's looked really good for the Bengals, and like he he's finding out really early. This isn't LSU. Like, they do have some weapons here. T. Higgins is looking pretty good for him. The other uh, one there, uh, I think the rookie second-round draft pick from Clemson, he's looking pretty good. But you, you got to find him some offensive line help. He's finding out, you know, you can't survive in the NFL without an offensive line. And I'm looking at my Titans from 2013-2014 over there. You can't survive. You, you can't. So, Joe Burrow, however, he's going. he's finding that out pretty quickly. But you got to find the positives if you're the Bengals. So, obviously, they get the win. Let's talk about the Browns and Cowboys. I think I picked the Browns. Now, I may go, now you may go back and listen to podcasts, and maybe I picked, maybe I did say I feel more positive about Cleveland in that game. I don't know. I In, in the Google Docs sheets, I, I saw I picked the Cowboys, and I thought, I picked the Browns, so I wouldn't change that pick. Like I, I'm picking the Browns going forward. Obviously, a big loss losing Chubb in this game. And you know, I, I flipped the game off for a moment, thinking, "All right, this is not the Cowboys. They could make a comeback. It's happened before this season. Looking at you, Falcons. And well, nah, this is not going to happen. Sure enough, the Cowboys trying to find a fight. They come back. Dak over 500 yards passing, four touchdowns. But the Brownies, 49-38, moving on to 3-1. and 
Baker's not doing a whole lot, but he's doing enough to where the team's looking good. Odell, obviously a huge day for him and a huge day for fantasy owners, uh, which included one I'm playing against. Uh, I was playing against this week, so bad, tough stuff for me and fantasy this week. But for the Browns, really crucial win here. Moving on to three and one for the Cowboys. We, I mean, me and Matt talked about this last week. The NFC East is bunch of crap right now it's a dumpster fire if you know that quote from the the debate about a week or so ago then like you know what i'm talking about it's that it's really that the nfc east is all of that times 100 like the nfc east is not good at this football thing right now but props to the eagles though for getting a win there over the 49ers who are losing Players left and right. You're putting in CJ Beathard late in the game. And he's actually looking pretty good. He might like, and you're thinking like, oh crap. Can he, does he actually do this? Does he actually get the 49ers some win here over the Eagles? Yeah, no. So the Eagles, they get a win there. They're one, two, and one. Giants, they're 0 and 4. And you got the Cowboys there. They're coming in at 1 and 3. And the Washington football team, they're 1-3 and three as well, making a QB change. Where now Haskins, he's number three on that chart. It's now Kyle Allen getting the start here in the next week for Washington. And Alex Smith. Promise Alex Smith for coming back. I'm really glad for him. He's going to be the backup quarterback. It might be time that, the, that Washington finds a, another quarterback. And you got a couple really good options because I don't they're not going to be in a position to get Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be the Jets or the Giants. They do have a position, though, to get another Ohio State quarterback in Justin Fields, who I think is probably a little bit better than Haskins coming out. And you got Trey Lance out of North Dakota State that they can also grab there, too. And maybe Ron Rivera gets his quarterback for his tenure there in Washington to move stuff forward. Because right now, this just singles, you know, singles out. Really, that Haskins is not the guy, probably. He's not the guy that, you know, I think the reason why they select him is that Dan Snyder, like his son or something, like he goes to Ohio State and like he knows him, he's friends with him and all this stuff. It's some complicated story. And now you're in this situation for Washington, and like now he's number three on your depth chart. First round pick, not even, uh, you know, halfway through his second year. And he's number three on the bench, no, on the depth chart after turning in really less than stellar performances. And the Ravens game, I mean, like looking at his stats, he was 32 45 and 314. You'd just like to, him to have a couple touchdowns there with those stats, but. Throwing it 45 times, but no. So now he's number three on the depth chart in the NFC East. Oh, boy. Yeah, you guys remember that one year where the... I think it was the NFC West, when he had the division winner be 7-9. and nine. It's shaping up to be that year for the NFC East right now. It really is. But, you know, going around the league... 
Uh, Buccaneers at Chargers. I really liked Herbert's performance here. He, he's battling Tom Brady there. I really l- love that. So good on him. But Tom Brady, speaking of, he's the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Five touchdowns, 369 yards passing. I mean, <laughs> say what you will about him, but the guy still gets it done. The Buccaneers are 3 1 out. They did lose OJ Howard, so that's a big loss for them. Hurt and torn is a towards Achilles, uh, so that's obviously not good as, you know, you might see Cameron Braith include more in the offense now, especially with Gronk. You haven't heard a whole lot of Gronk this year so far, and so now with OJ Howard being hurt, you might hear a little bit more out of him, and obviously, maybe one of the big, big bigger takeaways from this weekend is obviously the Texans going 0-4, losing to the Vikings, who are also winless. They get the victory there 31-23, which obviously that led with the news coming out that Bill O'Brien, he's done as head coach and GM. He's made so many... Really, the Hopkins move was probably the tipping point. But he's made so many moves to try to, you know, he he did the whole trade with Tunzel and, and Steels, trading two first-round picks. For now, that first-round pick this year, Dolphins are really happy about that because the Dolphins, they struggle this year. They're 1-3, Texans 0-4. I mean, if you're looking at it right now, Dolphins could ha- have two top-ten picks. And if it works out somehow... Top five? Maybe? Maybe you try to trade one of them to get more draft capital if you're the Dolphins? But man, oh man. He just made so many baffling moves and trading two first round picks for Tunzel. Obviously, that's something to talk about. Their offensive line situation has not has not looked any better so far. Watson's still running for his life. He's still getting hit. You you trade for David Johnson. And, I mean, you need number one wide receiver, and Hopkins one of the best receivers. It's not the best receiver in the game. And you trade him? Really? So now that era is over, and whoever the next coach is going to be for the Texans, and obviously they got to find a GM as well now. So they got to fill two positions in because I don't think they're going that whole head coach GM route again. You saw what happened with this one. It didn't work out well. And so now if you're a head coach coming in, you got a really good quarterback to work with in Sean Watson. You got Tunsil. That's still a piece there. David Johnson. See if that works out. And you got to navigate the waters through not having a draft pick the next year or so. You're not picking to the third round of next year's draft. Really, you don't have a lot of money to spend to go out and get free agency. They're the most expensive roster, you know, money-wise, cash-wise, looking uh, in the league. So now, if you're the Texans, you got to find a way to do something. If you're the next GM, if you're the next head coach, to drastically improve this roster and build a really good team about around Deshaun Watson because the guy's a talent, and now he's on four and. It's looking like the Texans, they're in for rough season, you know, n- next several weeks. So 
that that's one of the bigger takeaways there is that happening. But obviously, yet uh, several other games going on. Chiefs Patriots, we we touched on that a little bit. Uh, Seahawks Dolphins, that was a close one. Panthers at Cardinals, Panthers coming away with much needed win there. Colts Bears, Nick Foles, him starting that game. Colts, they're now three and one. Bills and Raiders, Bills moving on to four and zero, and Josh Allen looking like a guy they can that can be in contention for that MVP trophy at the end of the season. And so that's week four. Let's take a look at some of uh, at the standings right now for week number four in the Google charts. Right now, Matt's got the lead, thirty-four to forty. The only game that he got wrong this week with the it was the Eagles and 49ers game. Obviously, I got that wrong as well, picking 49ers. And I took a chance and went on the Raiders in the Raiders at Bills game. And obviously, the Raiders lost that game. So, Matt, he's looking really good right now. He has a four-game lead on me, 34 to 40, and I, with me being 30 and 40. So, that leaves us going into week number five. And right off the bat here, let's preface this: whether the Bills Titans game is going on or not, I was gonna I was gonna pick the Bills anyway. You know, with the Titans, you might not have some players if they do play this game come off of that COVID list. So, and there's some really good players on the list: Jeffrey Simmons, DeQuan Jones, Christian Fulton, Humphreys. So you're going really it's hit the defense probably hardest with two guys up front that are really key for you losing. A rookie corner that was really doing well for you. Uh, obviously, losing a long snapper doesn't help, considering there were kicking issues really early on that you were concerned about. So now, you know, if that game were to go on, I think the Bills are probably primed to win and move on to 5-0 and uh, set up a big matchup next Thursday night with the Chiefs. So <laughs> that's going to be a fun one. Bills and Chiefs, both teams could be going undefeated and could be taking their first loss in that game. So that will definitely be a fun one. But if the Bills Titans does, if that game does go on this week, I got the Bills to win that one pretty, pretty handily. I, I don't, I, I think it's going to be, I, I, it's an easy choice for me. Titans, they got too many key players out due to this. Give me the Bills. If that, if, so if that game goes on, I got them. But the Thursday night game, Tomorrow night's game, Buccaneers at Bears. Both teams three and one. And you know, you gotta go with the Bucks. I think you gotta go with the Bucks here. I mean, we we have our Nick Foles jokes with uh, and the Brady and the Brady matchup. It's fun, but the Buccaneers are a better team. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Me and Matt did like Bears derping their way to three and zero, oh, and now they're three and one and. They're probably gonna be three and two by uh by Thursday and late Thursday night. So I got the Bucks here coming away with the victory. Four and a half point favorite there. But give me the Bucks to win that game. Raiders at Chiefs. Obviously, we're keeping a close eye here with what the, what happens with the Raiders if that was just one positive test, whether it's a false positive or whether it can lead to more. So we don't know, but if that game if that game goes on as well, I got the Chiefs staying undefeated as well in that one. 
moving on to 5-0, and getting a good divisional win there. Eagles at Steelers. Steelers coming back after not playing a game this past week. And so now you got the Eagles coming off their first win. Give me the Steelers here to move on to 4-0. and Bengals at Ravens. Burrow coming off his first win. He's going to face the Ravens here. Have fun, Joe Burrow. Give me the Ravens here. Dolphins at 49ers. I'm going to go with Dolphins here. And with 49ers, you got so many injuries, so many key players. Fed most are banged up. McKinnon, Garoppolo, that's obviously a huge one at cornerback. Are you going to play, are you going to play Mullins or Bethard in his place? So give me the Dolphins. They're tough. They're feisty. And I'll go ahead and take them. And I think they'll get their second victory here. Colts at Browns. Who would have thought this would have been a battle with three and one teams? I got to go with the Colts here. I don't know how much. Uh, I don't know what to believe with the Browns. I, You know, you, you see the Browns do good. It's like, oh, wait, maybe this is a turning point. And they come back around. And no, they're not. And so, give me the Colts here. I don't know how much of the Browns going 3-1 I can trust. Obviously, losing Chubb is huge going forward. So, now, you got to rely on Kareem Hunt and this Johnson kid who they gave a lot of work and looked pretty good against Dallas. So, give me the Colts here. You get a good road win at Cleveland. Giants and Cowboys. Look, somebody's got to win here. I say that. They could end up tying. That could actually make things more comical. I'll root for a tie. Even though I'll get this game wrong, give me the Cowboys here to get the win. Sunday night game, Vikings at Seahawks. Seahawks, 5-0. Russell Wilson's MVP this league right now. He is. <laughs> like, I'm not debating it. Chargers at Saints. That's a Monday night game. Saints really need this one to get back on track. And I think they will. Give me the Saints here to get the win over the Chargers. But I will say, Justin Herbert, he's like real. I, I've been, I was impressed with this game against the Buccaneers last week. That he, he wasn't scared to go, you know, toe to toe with Tom Brady. But I think Saints get the victory there. But obviously, there's some more. There's other games going on. Obviously, we'll see how Cal Allen does at his start there against the Rams next week. Jaguars and Texans. We'll see if the Texans can come come back and get a win there. Uh, try to notch a win on the scoreboard there for them. But that's week number four and five, everybody, for the NFL. Now let's talk some college. Let's talk some college football. Matt Mormon's favorite sport. Obviously, you guys know I'm being sarcastic there. But let's talk some college football here with last week. And I, uh, let's just really go through some of the big games, some of the games that we picked that were going on. And boy, some of the games we picked, my oh my, whew. talk about a fun week if you're a college football fan, a rough week if you're me. I only got four right this past week. I got the Missouri-Tennessee game right, the Alabama A&M game right. North Carolina, Boston College, although that one was close, and Boston College could have definitely come back and won that one. And the Georgia-Auburn game. All the other games I got wrong. So let's go right into them. TCU and Texas. Man, oh man. 
this sets off a really big, really important matchup next week with the Red River rivalry with Texas and Oklahoma. TCU bouncing back, winning, winning 33-31, and an ending that I was very much confused by. Like, what was going on? And I, it was just so confusing. But TCU... 33-31, to 31 and going to Oklahoma, going to Norman, really big loss for them. Losing at Iowa State, 37-30. to 30. Iowa State, they're now ranked. They're 24th in the country. They're 2-1. They're 2-0 in the Big 12 right now. And Oklahoma, starting 0-2 in the Big 12 in what seems like forever. They're now 1-2. And that really increases the importance of this Red River rivalry game. You can make the argument, whoever loses this one, it, I mean, it's not going to be good for either fan base if they lose this one. If Oklahoma loses it, it's huge. They move on to one and three. They lose to their biggest rival. Or, or they lose, yeah, they lose to their biggest rival, and they're 0-3 in Big 12 play. Texas loses this one. They were ranked ninth a couple week, uh, a week or so ago. Now they have two straight losses. Now they're moving on down the poles, and now that fan base is all riled up. So now you got this really big matchup between two rivals that really need a win here. And if uh, whoever's a losing fan base is going to be so mad, they're going uh, it's going to be in desperation mode for the next game that one of these teams play next week. So now all hands are on deck for both sides. They both these sides really need this win, but only one team can win the game. Unlike the NFL, where you can have a tie, like I mentioned a few seconds ago. So whoever wins this one, it's going. It will be much needed for them going forward. Oklahoma's not ranked. I can't remember a time when Oklahoma team wasn't ranked. It's been a long time. So that really levels the importance of that game going forward next week. Going to some of the other games going around. TCU, Texas, of Missouri, Tennessee. I really, uh, you, you guys know I had to be happy about seeing the offensive line and rushing performance, didn't you? Caden Mays coming back, four or five star offensive linemen starting occasionally there. Man, I'm, I'm really amped up about this Georgia game this week. I've pretty much been amped up about it. My family could tell you the same thing. I'm ready for Saturday to get here. I don't care if we, we we get blown out or if it's a we lose a close one, we win the freaking thing. I'm ready for this game because I want to see how well my team does against one of the top teams in the country. See as a, I see it as a barometer to see where we're at. And really, here's my thing with it: Tennessee's ranked twelfth, I think now, after being twenty first last week. I think with the Butch Stone stuff, there was uh, there wasn't a whole lot of substance, and like he built from the outside in. It's like you had a lot. Of, he ooh, here's Kamara, here's her, here's Dobbs, here's Jennings. But on, on the offensive and defensive line, that's where the SEC is won, guys. Time and time again, where's the NFL looked at for a lot of their big impact players on offensive line and defensive line? The SEC, and now uh, with this. With Pruitt there, it seems like they are building this team from the right way from the inside out. 
with the offensive line, with the defensive line, and everything else will fall into place. You have a good offensive line. You have a good defensive line. You have a chance to go in week in and week out in the SEC and play physical against the opposite team, against a team like a Georgia, like like a Florida, you know, like an LSU, something like that. So now I think they got the firepower in the trenches to really to really see if you know we're getting close to being uh, if Tennessee's getting close to being relevant again, if they're really close to being back and being a team that can face off against the Georgias, the Bams, and Floridas of the world and potentially win against them. Yeah, they got a couple wins against Georgia this past decade. And yeah, that Hail Mary will always be a memory I will cherish forever. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think, you know, this has more substance to it. The Butch Jones days, they were, they were building from the skill positions to the trenches. Now they're building from the trenches to the skill positions. So I'm excited to see what's coming this Saturday. NC State at Pitt. Obviously, pick Pitt there. NC State, they get the victory, though. I mean, Pitt was rolling. They were 3-0, ranked 24th. So they lose a one-point game to NC State. Now, NC State's 2-1 and one in ACC play. Alabama at A&M. I mean, what what else do you want me to say? It's Alabama. <laughs> Putting up 52 points. General Waddle looked amazing. John Mechie, new guy on the scene for Bama. Another new guy. Oh, wow. Who would have thought who, who would have thought another Alabama wide receiver would look really good? Uh, I, I thought after... I, I'm pretty sure there's some people like, oh, wow, I thought after losing Judy and uh, oh, Ruggs, uh, like, no, that's just... It's, Next man up, <laughs> uh, but uh, Bama gets a win there, fifty-two to twenty-four. North Carolina, Boston College. North uh, said earlier, Boston College did have a chance to go and win this game, but North Carolina gets a 26-22 victory there. They hadn't played in a while, so nice getting win there for that for North Carolina going forward. Memphis and SMU. I picked Memphis in this one, and they almost did the thing. But late in the game, SMU went, kicked the field goal, and SMU ends up winning the game there, 32-27. So they're an SMU. They're now 4-0. And that's looking really good for them going forward. Texas Tech at Kansas State. Kansas State. They're 2-0 right now. Looking really good. Skyler Thompson did get hurt, though. So, still waiting to see what happens with him. Chris Kleiman, Kansas State's coach, said there's no fracture for Skyler Thompson. He may play versus TCU next week. So, that's good news for all you Kansas State Wildhawks fans out there. Navy at Air Force. I went with the Navy here. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take Navy. Nope. Air Force gets a victory here. Moving on. Auburn at Georgia. Obviously, this is the big game of the weekend. Auburn just could not get anything done. That Georgia defense may be elite. It really might be. And it goes back to the conversation we were talking about Tennessee earlier. It starts within the trenches. Auburn, now on the defensive line, they did lose. 
couple of big guys in Derek Brown, Martin Davidson to the NFL. They uh, they've had some guys opt out. Not offensive line. I mean, if anything, that gives me hope going into this weekend because you saw Auburn's offensive line. It was just guy like uh, he was a defensive tackle and they moved him over to offensive tackle. This guy was a two star. This guy was a three star. And you know, I I mean I don't know I don't know what to make of Auburn. But either way, Georgia they're they move on two and zero to this weekend. And of course, Oklahoma and Iowa State. Picked Oklahoma there. Iowa State gets a victory there. So I'm now 22 of 38 for this uh, for the season so far through five weeks. Now, obviously, the, some of this is going to change. You got the Pac-12 coming back. You got the Big Ten coming back as well. So we'll see going forward if I can help improve some improve my record with some of those teams coming back. Now moving on to week six. Pretty good slate of games here, looking at it. Florida, AM. Let's start out with that one. Now, Florida, South Carolina game was probably a little bit closer than Florida would like it to be. Their defense, it's not what they want it to be. And AM, this is a huge game for Jimbo Fisher. A huge one. He gets this one. It helps right the ship for an AM going forward. Jimbo has needed a big game in his AM tenure. This is it, but I don't think they're going to get it. I think Florida gets the victory here. They win at A&M. Virginia Tech and North Carolina ranked matchup. 19th Virginia Tech versus number 8. Versus number 8 North Carolina. I will take Sam Howell and North Carolina here. Battle 2-0 teams, but it's at North Carolina. So give me the Tar Heels there to get the victory at home. They're favored by 5.5. I'll take that. I'll take North Carolina here to win the game. Texas at Oklahoma. I mentioned before, this game is huge for both these teams, for both these fan bases, for both these coaches, for both Herman for both and, and Lincoln Riley. I'm going to go pick Oklahoma here. I think they bounce back. I think they know how desperate they uh, Desperation can work for and against a team, but I think it's going to work for them here and get the win in a Huge rivalry game where emotions are going to be up tenfold in a rivalry game as big as this. Give me Oklahoma here to bounce back. Move on to two and two. And Texas, they're probably going to fall out in the rankings if they lose this one. And they'll be two and two as well. Tennessee at Georgia. So let me preface this. I'm I'm going to pick Georgia. I'm not. I'm going to be safe here. You guys know I'll be. Rooting for us to win is like, well, I expect you to pick your own team here. Like, like no, like, listen, if I, I don't think I picked my team against Bama last year. I knew better. I was like, I'm going to, I'm being safe here. I'm, ins- I'm ensuring myself to get a win here, but if I do lose, I'll still win. That's a win-win situation for me. Because if I, if I pick this game right, I get the win in, in the Google Docs sheet. If I don't, I get the win because Tennessee just freaking beat Georgia at Georgia. They're ranked number three. Now, Tennessee's looking pretty good for the SEC East going forward. It's a win-win for me, but no, I'm I'm picking Georgia. Now, with the pending hurricane coming, there might be a lot of rain. And 
that rain could affect the Georgia Tennessee game. In which case, you might see a game that really relies on the trenches and on the running game. If that's the case, I might be inclined to think Tennessee has more of a shot that way. Because even though Garrett Thomas has been pretty good at keeping the ball safe, Tennessee has, net, has had no turnovers this year. It, and, you know, on the defense side, you know, looking at it, you would want to force more turnovers. But having no turnovers, it a game like that does not put the ball in Garantano's hands that much, I don't think. If, if it's going to be rainy, it's going to be sloppy, muddy, that could be a thing for the run game to get going. And yeah, I, I'll, I'm still picking Georgia here, but like, listen, I think that there's a shot. I am cautiously optimistic. If there's a game that Tennessee can win against the, the big three, I think it's probably this one. Now, it may very well be that Florida game because that game doesn't happen that often in December. Like, it's strange. It's still strange seeing that game late in December. But I think this is their best shot at taking one against Big 3. But I, I'll still think, I'll still take Georgia here to win the game. It's a win-win for me. I text Tech at Iowa State. Give me Iowa State to keep on rolling. Moving on to 3-1. and one. Iowa State's looking pretty good right now. Arkansas and Auburn. Let's talk about Arkansas for a little bit here. I didn't pick the Mississippi State-Arkansas game, but Go pick Suey. Go on, go on, you guys, for getting the win here. So they're not one-on-one. I haven't won an SEC game in three years. I thought my team was bad. <laughs> Got to make a joke there some, in some way, guys. I think Auburn bounces back here. But I do think Arkansas might be feeling themselves a little bit, thinking they might have a shot. They, were, they hung in with Georgia for a half. They beat Mississippi State on the road last week. Who knows? I mean, SEC, full SEC schedule, who knows? So, but I'll take Auburn here. Alabama at Ole Miss. I expect this to be a high-scoring game. I also expect Kiffin to somehow keep it within 14 points, considering how explosive that offense is, considering how good of an offensive mind he is. Matt Corral looked awesome against Kentucky this past week. It'll be a high-scoring affair. I mean, I don't think Kiffin's going to be the coach to finally get a win on Alabama, you know, as a former assistant. I don't think it's going to happen. But we've seen crazier stuff with Alabama Ole Miss in the past. But give me Alabama here. Miami at Clemson. Both teams 3-0. A top-10 matchup. I was thinking Miami here. You know what? I still might. Let me go check the line here for a second. Uh, Let's go find Miami Clemson. What's the line here? Clemson minus 14. Oh, oh wow. Oh. Let's see. Okay. You know, you know what? I, I I feel good about my Clemson pick then. I'm not going to change it. That, that, could, it could be, that could be a fun game. Uh, Miami, obviously 3-0. Is Miami back? This is a question I was obviously everybody's asking with the, them right now. Give me Clemson. Give me the Tigers. Florida State at Notre Dame. Now, Florida State was actually good. This would be a really more notable game. But really, it's just a name game. And Notre Dame's number five, so that's the reason why it's here. But give me Notre Dame here. 
move on, 3-0. And the final game for this week for college football, Coastal Carolina and Louisiana. Yeah, I'm picking this game. Didn't expect it, didn't you? Yeah, both teams 3-0. Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, they're 3-0. They're ranked 23rd in the country. They're 2-0 in the Sun Belt. It's a battle of Sun, Con- Sun Belt Conference teams. Let's go. But you know what? Give me the Raging Cajuns here. I think they move on to 4-0 here. So everybody, that's the final matchup we're picking. And that's where the view spot is going to end for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You might have NBA basketball be done by the time next week's pod comes out. So in which case, guys, close it off. It's been a great season. It's been a tough season. We made it through it. If it does end on Friday night, and I think game six would be on Sunday. And so I I, pre- I predicted Lakers in six, and if that's how it ends, then so be it. And so it's been a great season. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I'm glad we, we got it back. So that if this is the end, it's been fun. So that so again, that'll do it for us here. Enjoy the football action, guys. Be sure to go subscribe and follow to all to where you guys can get to, get our podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Anchor. Thanks, Anchor, again for sponsoring this episode of the Views from the Five Seventy Three Podcast. That'll do it for us here, everybody. Talk to you next time.